This is Educated and Empowered. So in dealing with this topic, how do you cope with grief? Let me in this in this segment, let me just share a little bit um, about some of my my personal encounters with death. Okay, and that's again, that's what it is. How do you cope with death? I'm sorry is the topic. And so here are some of my personal encounters. Again, the whole reason for me bringing up the topic of today's show was because I I just learned about the recent loss or recent death of a friend. I found out Monday, uh, my my friend's daughter messaged me to let me know that she was gone and she had passed last Tuesday. I had just talked to her, you know, maybe 10 or 12 days before she passed. And so it was kind of a out of nowhere situation. And so it, it just, it really kind of affected me. And for those who deal with PTSD, post-traumatic stress uh, disorder, that's a, an entirely different show. But I will say that when you suffer with stress disorders, as I do, um, it, when you have traumatic situations that happen, it makes it even more difficult because now those traumatic events all kind of come rushing back to you and I do agree that it is a mental situation that you have to get under under control because otherwise your mind will play tricks on you and your mind will try to override you right but prior to this friend passing away uh for oh my god from like 02 to 2012 like literally every year someone major was dying in my life and you you just can't make this stuff up right I mean like I understand that I'm an author an award-winning one at that but you just can't make some of this stuff up and so um in 02 is when my mother passed away and in the midst of that um I had just kind of started to reunite with my biological father hadn't known him I think I maybe seen him two or three times in my entire life at the point my mother passed away, I was 22 years old and I was pregnant. I was six months pregnant with my first daughter. So there was a range of emotions going through my body, trying to figure out everything, how to cope with a lot of this stuff. Right. Um, and so in either case, I end up reuniting with my biological father. And what happened was 10 months later, he had a massive stroke and he died. So my mother died in August of 02. 10 months later, my biological father passed away. Five months later, like the day before Thanksgiving, my my maternal, so my mother's mother passed away. Um, the year after that, my aunt, my mother's younger sister, she passed away. The year after that, an uncle passed away. The year after that, uh, uh, my grandmother's best friend passed away. The year after that, my 18-month-old nephew died. The year after that, uh, another aunt died. And, and so I could go on and on, but literally every year from 02 to 2012, there was at least one major death. In 2013, there were three and they were back to back to back. And so I can tell you from experience, so I'm not just talking about 
an article I read one time, I'm not just talking about something that sounds good or that may trend on, you know, TikTok or Twitter. This is, is very real. Learning to cope with death so that you can move on. It is a very real thing. It is very necessary. There are some people who are still struggling now because they never learned how to cope. And that is one of the reasons why I bring this topic to light today, because people need to know that there is life after death. And when I say that, I'm not talking about the afterlife. I literally mean that there is still life for you um, after the loss of a loved one, even though it may not feel like it at the time, I promise you, if you keep going, you will be able to regain control of your life, right? Um, one of the things, so we're talking about how you cope with death. And so we've heard different guests throughout the podcast come on and have and share uh, different experiences that they've had. And so I just want to share with you guys some of the tips, some of the techniques that I have implemented over the years to help me cope. Um, and so one of the things that I just recently did, so my mother, again, she passed away in, in 2002. And so this August 18th commemorated 20 years that she's been gone. Um, and so I actually, I released a song that's called Remembering. Um, and if anybody wants to go and listen to it, you can get it on any of the, you know, uh, major streaming platforms or go to like a Pandora YouTube if you just want to download it. But the point just is that I may... I, I released that song as a way to celebrate her life, right? Because one of my issues was that when my mother first passed away, I had so much responsibility on my plate that I, I didn't necessarily internalize it. I did not allow myself to process it because it was so difficult. And so I think that there was a part in my brain that just kind of shut out the fact that my mother was gone. And I think that in my head, somehow I interpreted it so that it was like, oh, I'm just not talking to mama today. You know, like um, I just didn't have an opportunity to call her today, even and which is crazy because when she was alive, I spoke to my mother every day. Like I moved out of my house when I was 19. I moved away from my parents in my own apartment and I got married when I was 21. I've been married since I was 21 years old. But the point is that even in that, I talked to my mother every day. I was at her house every day. However, um, what helped me to process the fact at that point um, that she wasn't there, I just would say, oh, you know what? I just didn't talk. You know, I think in my mind, that's how I rationalized it was just saying I didn't talk to her today. And so the point is, um, I share it, you know, earlier in the podcast, how when my mother passed away, I was pregnant with my first daughter. And when I started to cry, 
um, different family members would say, don't cry because you're going to hurt the baby or it's going to hurt the baby. And so that's all that I could think of, you know, so I just and, and I'm sure they did not mean don't cry ever. But that was the way that I interpreted it so that my mother passed away in August. My daughter was born in November. Um, and so none of that time did I cry. And, you know, with my first daughter, it was just like trying to focus on that. And then next thing you know, I had another daughter that was born in December and my mother's birthday was December. And so um, it was just like constantly focusing on what I had before me. And so in a way that was good, uh, that was a good way to cope in a way because it allowed me not to focus on the fact that she was not here. However, the reason why it was bad was because again, some seven years later, seven, yeah, seven years after the fact. So in like, oh nine, I ended up having an issue that happened where I reached out to call my mom because there had been a disconnect, like somewhere along the line, like, I think that I knew that she was gone, but I didn't know if that makes sense. And so this particular day, I went to call my mom to share with her my good news. And it wasn't until I heard that, do, 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 I'm sorry, the number that you have reached is no longer in service, um, that it really like snapped. And that's when I'm, I just had to face the fact that, OMG, my mother is not here anymore, you know? And so all of those emotions that I had, I don't know if you want to say pushed, pressed pause on, didn't allow myself to feel the tears. I didn't allow myself to cry. All came rushing out at this moment. And probably I would say over the, the course of other moments. And, um, and so it, it took a toll on me because what would happen is I knew that my mother wasn't here. And I remember like, um, I, my, my children were probably, I will, I would say it would probably, it was probably 2012 before I got to a place where I was, I, I could celebrate mother's day again. Right. Um, because every mother's day I was totally depressed and withdrawn. And so I would not, be in a celebratory mood because I was just so depressed over the fact that I didn't have my mother. And like I say, it wasn't until 2012. So 10 years later that I was just kind of able to snap out of it to say, you know what, even though you don't have your mother, you still are a mother. And so you are inadvertently doing to your children what has been done to you. You are taking your children's mother away from them because you can't handle the fact that your mother is no longer with you. And so coming to terms with that fact helped to encourage me to get it together. And so when I say get it together, I mean to really 
come to terms with my emotions, to be honest with myself about how I was feeling, why I was feeling that way. I mean, talking to someone to help me with those feelings. And again, to any of those who are believers, yes, I go to church. Um, I, I went, I've been going to church my entire life. So it was not that I didn't know God. It wasn't that I didn't know the word or didn't understand it. It was just that I was um, allowing grief to overtake me instead of embracing the process of grief, right? And so for me, how do you cope with death is that you give yourself the grace to grieve. I'll say that again, give yourself the grace to grieve. It does not mean that you don't believe in God because you have to shed a tear. It doesn't mean that you don't love those who are still here because you are processing the ones that have gone on. You have to allow yourself to go through these processes, which means when you're grieving, some of the processes, I'm sorry, ugh, I'm getting tongue tied guys, but some of when we're talking about the grieving process, some of you have heard of like the um, steps to grieving or how do you under, you know, how do you cope with it? And so I just want to kind of go over those things with you, right? Um, and so these are you, these are natural stages that most people go through. Now, again, everybody isn't the same. You have some people, maybe they never think about it again. After the person passes away, then they're glad that they're gone or they're just able to, you know, move on with their life. And it can be easy. And when I'm saying that, please understand, I am not belittling anyone who is able to do that. I am not saying it in a sarcastic manner. What I am saying is that for this broadcast, this is really to help individuals who have either, number one, not yet grieved, or number two, they're still trying to figure out how to cope because they've yet to cope with it. They're still trying to figure out the process. But for those who are able to say, hey, you know what, like Julie, I, I've been able to just look at it. I was grateful for the place and space and time that we were in and I'm able to move on. Or like Samantha who says, hey, I don't really get sad about death. I'm just able to look at it and I'm happy because the person is no longer suffering. Like if you're able to do that, that is great because that is your way to grieve. But for other people who are yet struggling, uh, I just want to take the time to give you the permission to grieve and to encourage you to give yourself that time to understand that there are different stages that you may go through and it's okay. The only thing that I would caution is that you don't stay stuck right? Don't find yourself in a particular stage for too long. And the fact is that whereas I do believe that when I say that you will forever be coping, what I mean is that Again, depending on who the person is, I think that there will always be a time where you miss them. 
um, be, because you're human, because you had some type of connection to the person. So again, these are people who had uh, a deep impact on your life, whatever the relationship may have been. If they were someone who was situated in your life routinely, I think that you there will always be for the remainder of your life, there will be a time where some song gets played and you think of them. Some movie comes on and you think of them. Somebody laughs and it reminds you of them. So I think that and when that happens, um, it, it may put you in a place where whether you're happy or sad, and it may very well be momentary. But I think that as long as you live, you will always carry that person and memories of that person with you. And so that's why I say that I think that you will always be coping. I don't think that it'll ever be a time where, oh, I don't think about this person anymore. And so thoughts of this person doesn't have any effects on me anymore. I personally don't believe that it could be the case, but I'm telling you for me, my mother has been gone for 20 years and there are still times and I look at my children and they laugh a certain way and it'll remind me of my mom or they'll look a certain way and it'll remind me of my mom. You know, my husband and I, we may go somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, I remember when I was, you know, a little girl and I came here. So I think that, and again, the song that I made entitled Remembering, um, I think that it really hits that note. And that's one of the reasons for me why I made that song, because I wanted it to finally be a time where when August 18th, which is the day my mom passed away, I wanted to give myself something positive to now know this date for. You, you understand what I'm saying? So like, in other words, if so, one of the ways that I used to cope with it was, you know what, let me find a positive thing that when this date comes is going to give me something positive to think about. And so although the song honors my mother and obviously other family members who have passed away, um, it's like now there is a piece of joy in me that's connected to their death and not just sadness, right? Not just, oh my goodness, I can't believe they're not here anymore. But man, I do remember, you know, these good times. I do remember when we, you know, share this moment or I do remember this or that. And so that is also a tip that you guys can use is to say, you know, what are some positive things? So that way you're, oh, it, it, it helps you to come to better terms with the fact that they're not there. So really quickly, let's go through, if you have yet to grieve or you're still going through the process, let's talk about these. So there are what many people call the five stages of grief. Um, and some people might say six or seven, but I typically narrow it down to five. And this is kind of typical behavior, right? So like once someone you pass, once someone you love passes away, um, one of the first things that happens is you go through a, a course of denial. You know, you can't believe it. Oh my goodness. Are you serious that this really happened? No, they not gone. Let me call them. They should answer the phone. Like you kind of go through that. And if you find yourself going through that, Understand that that is natural, is normal behavior. You're not crazy um, because you can't 
process the fact that they're gone, right? But at a point, this is probably one of the uh, pieces of the process or one of the stages that should be short-lived because if you cannot accept the fact that they're gone, if, if you can't come to terms with it, it's going to be hard for you to move forward. So you have to, you know, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe they're not here, but there comes a point where you're going to have to be able to embrace the fact that they're no longer here. Cause that's the only way that you're going to be able to move forward. And then, um, you know, another stage is being angry. Uh, because I, I remember when my mother passed away and again, I went to church, I believed in God. And, and I think that my faith was really one of the reasons why I was able to help her be her care, caregiver, you know, um, because I just believed that God would heal her. Right. And what I believe the word healing to me. So I believed healing to mean, OK, you're going to put this cancer in remission. You're going to make it where she no longer has to suffer from cancer, because I know what the Bible says. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Have faith in God. You know, if you speak to the mountain, it'll be removed. I, I did all of those things. And so I limited God, though to only being able to heal my mother in the way in which I defined healing. Now, what I didn't allow myself to think of um, in those moments after she passed away, my mother had had talks with me. You know, she let me know that she had made peace with the fact that she wasn't going to be here. She was tired of suffering. And so what I didn't consider was, okay, if, if, I'm praying to God that he heal my mother, which means keeps her here. But my mother is praying to God that he takes her away because she's tired of being in pain. If you have two people praying, conflicting prayers to God, whose prayer does he answer? Right. And again, I'm not going to go deep into the spirituality on this post, but that was Thinking about it in that term is what helped me to get past my anger because my anger was really primarily with God because I thought that he should heal my mother. You know, I felt like I was living in a way that he would honor my righteous living. And so he would then heal her. But I did not understand or comprehend or feel like accepting that that it didn't have to just go my way. You know, we always wrongly feel that whenever we pray that our prayers are just naturally supposed to be answered. We always feel that whenever we pray that God is supposed to always say yes. You know, well, because if you're a righteous God, then you're going to say yes and you would never tell me no. But, you know, what I also had to do in helping me to process my anger was to say as a parent, you know, my children ask me for a lot of things and I know I love my children. They ask me for a lot of things, but the answer is not always yes. And it's not because I'm not capable of, of giving them or doing for them what they're asking. It's simply because it's not always yes. 
It it doesn't always have to be yes. You know, it may be it is reasons why the answer may not be yes. They might have been doing all the right things. They may have been obedient and, and, and doing the things I asked them to do and told them to do. They may have been doing extra stuff, but that still does not mean that I have to give them a yes. As their parent, I see things a little bit more than they do, a little better than they do. I have more wisdom than they do. And so the answer may sometimes have to be no. Might they not like it? Might they feel that I'm mean? But they understand that I love them and I have their best interest at heart. And so the same way that I had to come to that rationale with myself toward my children, that's what helped me to overcome being angry with God and not answering my prayer. The fact that just because I prayed doesn't mean that the answer has to be yes. And if the answer is not yes, then I have to just trust that there's a reason why he said no. I have to trust that there's a reason why this time is no when other times that it was yes. And if I believe that he has my best interest at heart, even though it's not the answer that I wanted, even though it doesn't feel good and I thought that I knew what was best for me, I have to trust that he knew what was best for me, right? And a lot of times we don't, because that takes a, a strong spiritual maturity to really be able to process it in that regard. Um, and I just, I, I'm grateful because I was able to finally get to that place and in accepting that, you know what, number one, going back to Samantha's point, my mother was no longer suffering. Being her caregiver, I saw day in and day out the suffering she was experiencing. I saw her losing weight expeditiously. I saw her going from being able to walk to being on a cane to a walker to a wheelchair to me literally having to carry her around. Like I know that that is not the type of life that my mother would have wanted. That is not the quality of life that she wanted. Now being her daughter, would I have preferred to just carry her around everywhere and literally just have her with me? Absolutely. But again, I say one of the reasons why we don't like death is because it's an inconvenience for us because now I am without my mother physically here because I had to figure this out on my own or I had to do this or that. But when we look at death and what it is, someone, one of the listeners also said uh, about it being a transition. And that's really what it is. They are just no longer here on earth physically with us where we can see them. But again, I say you can always carry them in your heart. So again, denial may be some things you go, you, you may experience where it's hard for you to process and you're in disbelief that it happened, but you need to be able to go to, to, to embrace the fact, yes, it did happen. You might not be happy about it, but at least be able to embrace and accept the fact that, yeah, it happened. Then you're angry, you know, and again, when I'm saying this, that doesn't mean it has to happen in these orders. It may not be one, two, three, four, five, but in some order, these are the various uh, emotions that you will feel. Um, but then you start bargaining like, well, Lord, if you make this happen or whoever, you know, and, and most of the time when we talk about death because it is a spiritual process. 
um, whomever and whatever you believe in. Everybody may not believe in God. And again, this is not that podcast where I'm trying to tell you why you should believe in God. But I'm saying whatever it is, whether you pray to the universe, whether you pray to whomever, you start to kind of say, well, if you do this, if you make this happen, if you bring them back, if, 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 you know, because we don't want to accept the fact that it has happened, right? And then many people go through depression. And I, I explained that to you all. Like, um, I had already suffered with depression before my mother passed away. But obviously, this did not make it better. <laughs> I was not healed from depression. Um, and, and, and again, I mean, clinical depression. I was not healed from depression before my mother passed away and then before my father passed away and then my grandmother passed away and then my nephew like everybody kept dying and it made it very difficult because sometimes when you're trying to heal you know in an ideal world <laughs> everything could just stop until you're better but that is not realistic you know, it's not always about making sure that you're comfortable, making sure that you're okay to deal with whatever. But what I can tell you is that if it comes to you, that means that you're able to handle it. Even though you may not feel at that moment that you are, you're only going through it because you are able to deal with it. You may not think that you're strong enough at the time, but I promise you, you are. And that's the reason why you have to find a way to push through it so that you can get to the other side of it and see, oh my goodness, I remember when I thought this was just going to take me out, you know, because again, looking back now, I can see, you know, how I went through with it and it hurt. Oh my goodness. It hurt like crazy. So I don't want to give you guys a false sense of hope. I'm not saying at all that, oh, this is going to feel good or that there is ever a time where, you know, you're not going to feel pain. No, it's a process, right? It is something that you have to go through, but everybody processes it differently. But what I'm saying is that it is not going to hurt forever you are not going to be in pain forever there are going to be times where okay in this moment it may be dark in this moment it might hurt in this moment i might feel like crying but if you keep going past that moment and again this is why i keep saying that yes it's possible to heal by yourself but it makes it a lot easier if you're able to heal with others, right? Because there'll be somebody who knows you, somebody whose shoulder that you can cry on, somebody who has an ear that will allow you to express yourself, somebody who will be able to make you laugh. And so do not have a false sense of pride where you feel as though that is wrong to be vulnerable. If you need somebody, make sure that you reach out to get that help so that you don't stay in the dark hole by yourself so that you don't spiral 
out of control. You want to make sure, I don't care if it is a parent, if it's a family member, a friend, a co-worker, somebody at your church, you get a counselor. There is somebody out here, number one, who has gone through what you are going through. Even if it's like what you guys are doing now and you come to a podcast, you watch a, a, a broadcast, something on YouTube that will help you to um, to come to terms with the emotions that you are having so that you know you do not have to go through it alone so that you know you're not crazy you're not off it's not wrong that you're feeling this way it is natural to grieve and a lot of times we don't talk about it because we feel like we don't want for other people to judge us we don't want to be construed as being uh weak or soft or whatever the negative terminology is and this is especially true for men right um I, I wrote a book that's called being a black man is harder than you think and even though it says being a black man what i learned is that for men in general they feel that they have to have this this uh external strength at all times you know you always have to be perceived as being strong even when you're not and everybody gets weak at some point and that is okay this is the reason why it is so critical that you have a supportive community surrounding you so that when you have your off day days or week month whatever when you are experiencing your all time that there is somebody that is there to hold you up somebody that is there to encourage you somebody that is there to pour into you to let you know that you can make it and so that is like i say it is so critical so depression is a part of it but you shouldn't uh, you know don't accept it when you see that you are starting to feel down at that point you want to start talking to somebody because to go back to one of our other guests point you don't want it to get to a, you don't want to get to a place where your mind gets so dark that the enemy that the devil can start playing with your mind so when you if you start noticing that you are not there's a change in your mood there's a change in your behavior you're feeling withdrawn you don't really want to be around people yes again that's a part of grief grieving is normal but if you've been that way for a month or two months that's too long okay so yes you want to it's okay that you grieve but again you have to be conscious of how long have you been grieving you don't want to grieve too long and so again that brings us to the final step or stage which is acceptance right so there comes a point that you just accept the fact you know what this happened the person is gone I will forever love them, cherish their memories, but they're not here anymore. And so I have to find a way to keep going. And that's okay. You want to be able to keep going. Because again, if the person who's gone loves you as much as you love them, they're not going to want to see you in pain no more than you want to see them in pain. They're not going to want to see you suffer no more than you want to see them suffer. So you have to be able 
to come to terms with it, to accept the fact that even though you don't like it, it may be an inconvenience, it's making you have to rearrange or make adjustments you may not want to with your life, you can make it. You will make it day by day and step by step. And so anyway, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's um, show, which was how do you cope with death? Um, I appreciate all of you. And again, if you are not already following me across social media, please feel free to do so. I am your life and literary coach, giving you giving you tips to be able to make it through life, to be able to accomplish your 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 dreams and turn them into reality, helping you to be able to go from goals to plans, from general to specific, being able to check things off of your list. And so I'm hoping that today has been able to help someone. You can find me across social media at my name is Tennille. So whether that be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or even Wisdom, find me and follow me at my name is Tennille. Those who are on, um, those who want extra content, you can always go to my podcast on Anchor, um, Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Music, Amazon Music, any of those major streaming platforms, and you can subscribe to the um, to the podcast. It is only $3.99, $3.99 a month. And so there'll be free episodes like this one that I'll make available to everyone. But then there'll also be uh, exclusive episodes, exclusive content that's specifically for my subscribers. And so again, you can go to Anchor or Spotify or iHeart or any major streaming platform to subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you want to get more information about the song that I referenced, uh, it's called Remembering. And it's my it's simply my name, Tennille M. Jackson. You can again go to any of those same streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, etc., to purchase the song. It's only 99 cents. Or if you would like to download it to listen to it, you can do so by going to Pandora or YouTube and listening to the song. And I hope that however you choose to listen to it, that it will help to add comfort, to bring comfort to you and being able to find a positive way to remember your loved ones. But thank you all so much for tuning in. And until next time, you guys stay inspired.